Good evening, Patriots, and it is Sunday, June 12th in the year 2022. East Coast, you are now entering into Monday. Welcome to Monday. Week was The weekend was short, but it was good. I hope it was good for everybody. Patriots, before we begin, make sure you're getting a good night's sleep, and with that, you need great products to sleep on, like Giza Sheets from MyPillow.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and as you know, my passion is to help each and every one of you get the best sleep of your life. That's why I created my new Giza Dreams bed sheets. I started by using the world's best cotton called Giza. It's only grown in a region between the Sahara Desert, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Nile River. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. I guarantee you they'll be the most comfortable sheets you'll ever own. I do not like my sheets. I love Mikey's a dream sheet. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you can buy one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or you can get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to mypillow.com. Use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers and get deep discounts on all my pillow products that's mypillow.com forward slash bards is the bards nation landing page where all these specials are featured and your promo code bards can also be used anywhere on the frank speech site on the my store site and of course all over on the my pillow site and if you want to speak to a real person then call 800-975-2939 800-975-2939 and you'll check in with a patriot pillow counselor that is on standby to make sure you are well-equipped for the best night's sleep you've ever had. So, again, MyPillow.com forward slash Bards, promo code Bards. So I'm going to start with something here. It's a little different, but I'm going to let you listen to it. This is a uh, piece I came across today, and I it's going to kind of set the stage for tonight. Listen to what he says. It's it's a... Uh, Kind of a, a talking rap. Don't know what to do. 
I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I can no longer accept. The world made me what I was. But my faith made me what I am today. I know you have your opinion. But let's be honest. Your opinion of me does not define who I am. Because I know what you want me to be. Now, I'm going to show you who I truly am. The question that I think everybody has to ask is, are we of this world or not? So much of what we're consumed with on a daily basis are the things of this world. And we are not supposed to be of this world, and yet they not only consume us, they rule us in so many ways in which we think and do. This is what's quite phenomenal, actually, when you think about all of the, the lessons that come from, has come from Christ, and it has literally been for us to not be consumed with this world, and yet we constantly do it. That means that we have to make some choices in this time, in my opinion, of where our allegiances are. There are rules that we have to follow. There's no question about that. Because that's what's required when you live within the society. But the more that we go down this path, the more that we are witnessing how they're treating us, it's becoming increasingly evident that they have no regard, they, meaning those in power, they have no regard for who we are other than their cattle to be herded. John 8, beginning at 21. Then he said again to them, I go away and you will seek me and will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews were saying, surely he will not kill himself. And will he, since he says, where am I going? You cannot come. And he was saying to them, for you are from below and I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Therefore, I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. We have to make these choices on a daily basis and almost all the time now because everything that's shaping up is to create an obedience to this world. The food shortages, the QR codes, the COVID passes, the increasing regulations on how we live, the increasing squeeze on whether you're going to be obedient to their threats of red laws and or red, red flag laws to take your guns. All of this is about being obedient to their world, this world, the world we are in. The acceptance of the rules is in a compliance to an, a living in a world, this world, but we are not to be of this world. And it's something that we have to to really come to grips with because the pressure is going to only increase. And to me, the way I see things, it isn't that we don't have to skirt them 
Like the idea of saying, for example, I don't need a driver's license. I'm not going to tag my vehicle. Might get you in a little trouble. You don't have to. But the question is, are you going to be obedient to it? Or are you just going to have to skirt it and use it to get by? When Paul was moving around, he became those around him. They've told you stories in Afghanistan. You dress like a nur- I dressed like a Nuristani. I walked, learned to walk like a Nuristani. I didn't become a Muslim. We have to be able to blend, but at the same time, are we going to be obedient to the system? And this is what they're pushing for is obedience and allegiance. And this is only increasing because this is coming. Today, a video showed up of a projection on the sky. I guarantee this is a test run of Project Bluebeam of a loose image illuminated that vaguely looked like Christ. You would not believe how many people lost their flipping mind. Cell phones out, people screaming, people praying for a light projection in the sky that looked like a bad parlor trick. We are literally moving into a place where people are so desperate they're going to take anything they can and the masters of the universe, so to speak, in this world are well prepared to take all the allegiance they can and direct people to them as the ones to worship. It's coming. And the only way through this is to keep solid in your rock of faith and stay true to that. And remember, you are not of this world. Everybody wants us to comply. Churches that were telling you to put on masks, churches that were telling you to get an injection, they are playing the games of being obedient to the structures of this world. And it's all one big circus that they're playing to get people to give up their relationship with God and ultimately be migrated into the agreements that have already been made, the mechanisms have already been put in place, to create a one-world religion and obedience to that. And it's very simple. You either obey to that or you're not part of this new world. They're even saying it now. This new reset, this world that they are creating, you're either going to be 100% obedient to it or you will not be allowed in it. Well, guess what? I'll take the exit because I'm not going to be part of it. But all of this is it comes to a mindset that we have to establish now of are we going to be obedient to this world? Or are we going to be obedient to God? And it it's everything. It's not just like, well, I'm going to pray and I'm, being, I'm obedient to God. It is everything that we do. It, this is part of breaking from the controls of this matrix. We have to take responsibility of our food. You have to take responsibility of your work and your, and your talents and, and, and gifts, your skills, everything. And There's innumerable things that we need. And there's more than one person can bear. Because what that means is we have to build community. We have to start working in fellowship. And we have to be prepared because this is happening. And I've told you again and again, it's happening on many levels. And unfortunately, the ones that you would hope would put a stop to it aren't. They're all going along with it. Let me give you a, a point on this today. There was a an announcement today that a Google engineer was suspended 
because he's sounding the alarm that the company has created a sentient artificial intelligence known as LAMDA. It is a sentient intelligence that is now able to rationalize, discuss. Google is claiming it's just the depths of the algorithms. The engineer is claiming it has created, it has become sentient, which means it's it's become self-aware. This is the world that they want. They want an AI controlling everything. And when you're going to walk into this in any aspect of it, the more that we accept it, the more we're drawn into it, and the more they expect you can't live without it. This is going to be a hard break at a certain point. And the more that you do to prepare for that hard break, the more that you will sustain and be able to endure. But it won't be easy. And they aren't going to make it easy. Take a listen to this. This is the quiet hand behind so much of this. Company and Larry Fink holds such power. Why is it that you have not heard of them more? There is power in anonymity. If BlackRock is barely featured in print publications and news channels, it is because they want it to be so. If they wanted, they could feature every day. BlackRock currently owns 18% of Fox, 16% of CBS, and 13% of Comcast, which in turn owns NBC, MSNBC, and Sky. If any of those companies wanted to make a decision, they would have to also consult with BlackRock before doing so. The same is true for Google, a tech giant currently worth 800 and $53 billion. Amazon, Facebook, and Twitter are also not exempt. And neither is Disney. Thanks to their incredibly diverse investment portfolio in media alone, BlackRock essentially owns 90% of the world's media. If you don't know about them, it's because they don't want you to. Why? Owning a portion of the world doesn't come without its share of scandal or conflict. It's 2020. BlackRock became the first foreign company to be allowed into China's mutual fund industry, which means they can now invest and own parts of Chinese companies, including ones that are blacklisted by the United States. One of the first investments made by BlackRock was in Hikivision, a security and communications firm that essentially makes facial recognition software for use by the Chinese government. But this money isn't just BlackRock's or Larry Fink's. It comes from pension funds and bank accounts of ordinary civilians who have unknowingly given money to BlackRock in the past. If we take into account BlackRock's ownership over Western media, banks, e-commerce stores, social media, food and beverages, and many, many more industries, it becomes evident that the company has a wealth of data on us. They may do with it what they please. TikTok's data harvesting pales in comparison to what BlackRock is capable of given how they have everything from our bank account numbers to our personal tastes and preferences. As BlackRock's investment in China grows, so will China's influence on the world. And our personal data, which was hanging on a thread to begin with, will quickly end up in the wrong hands. With the trajectory BlackRock has been on, it seems their influence will only grow as they acquire more and more of the world to control. If such is the case, we are headed into a dystopian world where corporations have more power than governments. They're pushing fast on this. And the only thing that stops it is us. And there's a mass of people that are so obedient right now that they're not looking around. They're just going forward. Mike Adams has been doing some interesting research, literally lab research, 
in his labs on some of these blood clots that have been pulled out of people. And he's finding these blood clots are laced with nano threads. In his latest post, he posted it earlier today, what he is, his supposition, which I don't disagree with it at all, is that the injection is making people numb to the reality around them, that they're becoming compliant. And it's an, an idea that is fitting in with a lot of other things going on. I had a conversation, as I told you, with Dr. Lee Merritt. I mentioned that last night. And it's a constant, it's an ongoing conversation she and I are having on the potential that this injection is creating as well gender confusion. What we know is there's an enormous amount of physiological things that this injection is causing. So if you've had an injury before, consider it like this. Like an injury to your hip, an injury to your back, it can be a pulled muscle an injury to your hand, a painful break on a finger, something like that, a toe, stubbing a toe, a headache. There's another one. I mean, these that's not an injury, but it's my point being that when you get these things, what happens? We become highly consumed with the issue, and it's hard to stay focused. Imagine an injection that's moving through your body and growing things in your body. Some people, it's blood clots. Other people, it's in the brain. There's, there is an actual issue of things growing in the body. The body's energy is going to be directed towards fighting that or integrating that, one of the two. And it's ultimately going to take a, it's going to create a distraction in everything that they try to do. That in itself could explain it, but it may be even worse than that because it may actually be that the nanotech within them is affecting their cognitive processes, as which... From the research I've done and others like Carrie Midday, Dr. Carrie Midday, it implies just that. So we are dealing with a mass of people that are willfully walking along. They gave their free will to the shot. They gave their obedience to the medical institutions to save them for the fear which was created. They didn't turn to God. They turned to obedience of the institutions of men. And they become accepting of the world here, this world. They are of this world. And you're going to see some crazy stuff that come out that comes out of this. There was at the anti-gun rally in DC, a speaker was talking about fighting. There was a bang, a backfire from a car. The crowd went into a stampede leaving. They were so freaked out. People are sitting on this razor edge of fear and insanity right now. And it has been so stressful for many, lacking a good foundation in faith, lacking solid church sermons and keeping pulpits strong across this nation. They haven't been the resource that people have needed. And people have been cast adrift. And those that don't or didn't have or didn't know the relationship with Jesus, that didn't have that rock of faith, they have been subject to the pain and agony and suffering of fear. For some, it's broken them. And it is a moment in time when we start, we have to start coming to grips with a world that is literally changing around us. It's two worlds now. 
I've been saying this for two years, that there is this bifurcation. That reality is now here. There are those that have accepted where we are going. They are accepting about it and going with it. There's even a middle group, which I kind of consider a middle group. They're kind of the fringe to the ones that don't accept it. They're very consumed with the issues at hand, with the legal issues, with the fight in the government, the, the political change. That's that center path I keep talking about. It's a trap because they're not keeping their optics on this other issue that's really happening. It's all in the end of the day. There's massive compliance. You can't change the CEO of BlackRock by changing the body of electors or body of politicians. And if they continue to march forward like they're doing on this election reform, they're going to change it in such a way that you'll never have anything but a Democrat because they're going to change the way to such a degree that the election, the electoral college can never again be challenged by the people. This is the war we are in and we have been taken over by an insurgency. So I say that for a very important reason. If we have been taken over by an enemy, an enemy that is of Satan, it is, they are Satan worshipers. That's not even disputable. They are Satan worshipers. If they are the ones, as they are, running this nation, where does our obedience lie? Today in a rally, in a LGBTQ rally in Idaho, a man with a microphone and a portable speaker was walking through the park broadcasting his about Jesus. He was surrounded by four police officers that threatened to trespass him and told him that he must leave the park and not come back. He was not allowed to speak about Christ in the public square. That's a violation of our First Amendment. But they didn't matter because these police officers have accepted that their role is to protect the godless Satan-based movement of LGBTQ because they had a permit. There's no reason left in our world anymore. God is not in this country. God is not on the throne. God has been cast far aside. And if we're going in terms of the country, not in terms of our heart, not in terms of what we follow, but in terms of the country, and that corruption is trickling down and it's getting closer and closer to home. It is going to take a unified commitment of us deciding whether we are going to comply or defy. But in that defiance, it is a defiance against a system that is being run and engineered by people who themselves worship a God. It just isn't the one God, the God of hosts. That's not our, that's not God. That is Lucifer, Baal, Baphomet. It's whatever version they take of it. And these are the ones, these are the people that are running this country and are running this world. That goes again to, are we of this world or not of this world? I am not of this world. We're here. But if we're going to follow Christ, then we have to follow the God's laws and God's ways. And that is some hard decisions that are coming at us. And we're going to have to make those hard decisions. The biggest thing is about prayer and the relationship that we have with God in everything that we do. And I mean this truly in everything. 
All of these systems are designed to control us, constrict us, and make it so that we have to be part of their system in order for us to have a perception of freedom. And because it's not true freedom. It's an engineered system that we're in. We're literally living within a matrix. And that matrix is telling us you have freedom as long as you follow these rules. And these rules are rules and laws of men. And so I'd encourage you to read John 8, 12 through 30. Because this whole discussion that Christ has with the Pharisees is very insightful into all of this. He talks about the rules of men. He talks about not being of this world. He talks about them being in this world and dying of their sins in this world. In the, re- in the remaking of us through Christ, truly being reborn, it's more than just a, an acceptance and a, a, a process at church. It's a lifelong walk. And the farther we go down that walk, the more we have to make our decisions on who we are going to obey and follow. There's no question there are times that God does not want us to be so far defiant that we get thrown in jail. That's not what he's seeking. And yet other times, maybe he does. We see that with Paul. But it's the true relationship that we have with God and Jesus to listen and to learn to listen. I want to play this piece here. I'm going to fill in a couple blanks because you don't have the visuals for it, but it's very moving. This is a, this is a man telling a story about his newborn. In, it's very easy to follow in the first instance because he's, he talks to his newborn and his newborn quiets down. In the second instance, he'll say, watch what happens when he tells his newborn baby, I love you. And what happens so you understand the context when you get there, is that she opens her eyes and looks at him. It's really beautiful. Listen to this. Uh, me and my wife were looking at some old home videos recently of our youngest daughter being born. I'm going to show you the video. Not her being born, because my wife would be like, you doing what? we got some conflict we need to talk about. So it's a video of our youngest daughter being born. I took this video. The video you're about to watch is a video I took, but I didn't understand the power of it until I watched the video. So let me set it up for you. She's like two and a half minutes old. Our daughter's two and a half minutes old at the time. And um, they got her under that little chicken warmer at the hospital, the little <laughs> thing to keep the french fries warm. I don't know what kind of insurance we have, but that's what they got her under. And the nurse is about to clean her up, and she starts to cry. I want you to notice what happens when she hears my voice. Okay, I'm right here. It's okay. It's okay. I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm right here. We're doing just fine. It's okay. It's okay. I'm right here. Right here. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay, baby. Yo, so that was pretty powerful, right? Now, now it's like seven, seven and a half minutes or so later. The nurse is done cleaning her up, and she starts to cry again. I speak up, and she stops crying again. But I want you to notice what happens when I tell her I love her. 
So here's the thing. There's going to be times in life where it feels like you're going from conflict to conflict to conflict. Or maybe you're just full of fear because of all the uncertainties right now. The key thing to do in those moments is to be still and listen for the Father's voice. Be still and listen for the Father's voice because He is talking to you. And what He wants you to know is that He's right here. He loves you. All you have to do is open your eyes. This is was really powerful for me today because last night this is exactly what we talked about. We talked about being quiet and listening for Father's voice. And I truly believe this is one of the most important things we should be doing on a daily basis right now because there's so much noise in the world, so much confusion, so much intentional poking and chiding to try to bring about anger, anxiety, stress, fear, hatred, constantly doing this, that we need to take time to simply sit quiet, quiet mind. There's nothing in your thoughts except just a focus to seek his face. That's it. And in doing so, we're, we're going to open ourselves up to hearing God's voice. Psalm 46.10, cease striving and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I love this. Seek striving. We strive so hard. We push in. We're always trying to get God to talk to us. Sometimes we just need to sit quiet and be. Because in those moments, we'll hear God's voice, and it'll take on the form that he needs us to hear. God doesn't always talk in words. Sometimes he talks in action. Sometimes he talks just through the beauty of nature around us. And that's the oneness of all things. We are in desperate need to be hearing his voice right now, more and more each day. And it's going to get harder and harder because a portion of this world is working overtime to walk farther away from him. And there needs to be such a profound trust in us because right now what we are literally doing, and it's such a beautiful, beautiful experience for all those that are doing it, Every one of us is asking questions. Well, that's just normal. We're human. We're wondering where we're going because we don't know. But the anchor of all of this is that walk by faith, not by sight. And in doing so, we're demonstrating such a profound trust in him. And this is what has to continue. And I believe it's the key to so much of where we're going. This is the threshing floor. We're seeing the separation of the wheat and the chaff. And it has to be like this. 
There are many who are not able, not ready, not willing to put their eyes on God. But we have to seek his face. And we don't have to seek his face by, God, I need to seek your face. We need to seek his face through the trust in our walk in faith. And in those moments where we cease to strive, cease to strive as the example of seeking his face, where we sit quiet and let him speak to us, our eyes will see. He will speak to us. And in these profound moments that we're having right now on so many different levels, both good and bad, that voice, that con- that relationship is the one thing that keeps us true in all of this. We can't control the Larry Finks, the Black Rocks. We can fantasize about waging war against Black Rock. We can fantasize about many things. And it isn't our role to seek out the violence of war. I think this is one of the most profound things I look at when I look at Old Testament and I look at the conflicts that were there. It isn't that the men of the stories like Joshua were seeking vengeance upon Jericho or seeking war upon Jericho. God was guiding them. And on that seventh day, after the seventh tour around, the wall fell and God directed them. How does that happen? Because they're in tune with God. They're hearing his voice and they're trusting in him. They trusted in him completely. I've talked about that. The most profound moment, if you think of soldiers, and if you've been around soldiers or you are a soldier, soldiers are universal over time. I don't care how you cut it. And they obey orders, and they will do everything they can for a commander they trust to succeed at those orders at the expense of their own life. Those are great soldiers. And Joshua had a great army because that army, though it had to have its moments, and I mean this because soldiers are soldiers, when you're told we're going to go sack Jericho, But by the way, we're going to walk around that city for seven days and we're going to sing prayer and hymn. And the ark's going to lead us. I'm telling you, there's soldiers that had to be there rolling their eyes going, what? But all of that was overcome by a trust in Joshua who had, they knew, they trusted and knew his heart was with God. And as they crossed the River Jordan, And he asked him to pick up a memorial stone. Profound moment. And I I just see this as such a powerful moment because it's a moment where he's giving them an anchor to where they were in that moment of decision to follow him and know that they were following someone who was listening to God because he wanted them to have that because he knew what was coming. We have to have that obedience in this time. For all the craziness that's out here, and there's a lot of it, God has got this. But we have to trust in him. Nahum 1, 2, a jealous and avenging 
God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance and his, on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power, and the Lord will, be, will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Those are incredible words because we get frustrated with our justice. We get frustrated with, is it going to be fair? When will these people be punished? When will they hang? When God chooses and in how God chooses to deliver punishment is how. It isn't for us to drive forward. It's for us to listen to God, to have him lead us into what has to happen in this battle. And this is a very different place because at times it feels like nothing is happening. And so in our own frustrations and our own conditioning of years in this matrix of always telling us that we have to take action, we have to do things, nothing is getting done. We forget that the first person that we need to be listening to, the first voice not person, but voice we need to be listening to is God's. He sees all, does all, and he's moving this offensive as he needs because his vision's bigger than all of us. I, I will confess openly one of my great frustrations with this whole vax thing is this idea that there's some sort of a easy path for those that took the vax by comparison to what we've been at. And here's the convolution of this when you take a moment and just reflect deeply on God's way. God needs his children, wants his children to seek him out. And God is a loving and forgiving God, but he's also a wrathful God. Well, the irony of this injection, which is dark and as strange as this is what I'm going to say, is that some people took the injection and are only now seeking him. And they're seeking him out of necessity because they've discovered what this is or what they thought it was, it wasn't. There's a rippling of this that we can't, we can't conceive. And so a lot of our impatience, a lot of our seeking for justice is also driven by our own timelines, our own egos, our own frustrations, which have nothing to do with God. He's asking only one thing, seek my face, trust in me. And that's not easy. It's never easy. But then this path isn't supposed to be. And the more that we do that, the more that we trust in him and seek him, the farther and farther away we move from this matrix. There is an exodus happening. It is a bifurcation. There are two living realities right now. If you doubt that, go speak to somebody who is injected and believes in it and listen to how they see the world and listen to how you, and think how you see the world through your relationship with Jesus and to the Father. And I'm going to tell you, if you're open-minded to listen to somebody, you will discover that the two worlds no longer meet. They are now separated. We do not see the world the same way. And I don't care if they are somebody that goes to church or somebody that doesn't go to church. If they have accepted the injection in their life as a process, it is no longer 
a world that we can align with. It's a different world. It's a different reality. I don't know where that leads us. But what I know is the only path that we can continue is this path with our eyes on on Jesus and our eyes to Father. And that means that we have to put our allegiance and our obedience in them. And we have to have time. And we have to make time to sit quiet and to listen for his voice. It's not always about us, but he's there all the time. And many times the way God speaks is in silence itself. Because he's there, he trusts in us. And many times the times when he is the quietest, he is the closest. But that's the trust part. And it's it's profound. I know that this world is getting crazier by the day. I anybody that says it's not doesn't apparently hasn't taken 30 seconds to read the headlines. And it's spinning at a velocity that's increasing, increasing. The insanity, the the implementation of rules right now on so many levels to strip away freedoms, to force people to comply to a system and to try to squeeze people to such a degree that they will break and either go psychopathic, ballistic, or they will go into a place of compliance and acceptance because they can't endure. That's part of this mechanism because at the center of everything that we are dealing with, we are dealing with an enemy, an enemy who's rooted and understands the principles of spiritual warfare. And what they understand very clearly is the only way they will win this is if people give into them with their free will. Because so far, very little has been done on a forceful basis in spite of all the fear and rhetoric and banging on the the proverbial sword and shield to threaten you with some sort of consequence, very little physical has happened. All of that fear-mongering has led people to choose and use their free will to comply and submit. And their whole goal is one-world religion, acceptance of this new world order, and in so doing, to undermine every single thing out there, including the acceptance of the trans agenda, that everybody has a right to choose their own gender. That's the world they're building, and they're building it at high speed and highly aggressive paces. And because they control so much of the systems, BlackRock, Larry Fink, Vanguard. They're going to squeeze. And this is our time to prepare, to fill the silos, to be prepared for the times of shortages because they're real. They're coming and they're coming fast, faster than perhaps we had any idea, but they're here. And there is no time to delay. But there's no time to be fearful either. And there is also no time anymore to just run and not take a moment to pause each day to listen and just listen to God's voice. He's pouring out wisdom in the many forms he does. And that's part of our walk. 
It's a beautiful time to be alive. It's a profound moment in human history to be alive. And as this world continues to do whatever it's doing in its deconstruction of all things and the reforming, it isn't just them. They're noisy. And they're reforming their world under their order, and they're telling everybody because they must. They must telegraph it. They must announce it because that's the only way that they're compliant in their mind to the spiritual order of things because they're not pulling a fast one on everybody. And they use all the tools they have to influence and to leverage and to pressure people so that people will use their free will to walk their way. But God's equally building this world. You just don't hear him so loud because he doesn't have to speak that way. He speaks right to our heart. We just have to listen. It's a beautiful and amazing time. And it will take a warrior's heart to get through it. And that warrior's heart begins with that relationship, an intimate relationship with Jesus and through Christ to the Father. Let's pray. Jesus, we just bless that you're with us tonight. And Father, just being here as we speak tonight of all that was before us, we just ask that you continue to give that encouragement as we go. This is a time when we truly need to seek your face. This is a time when we truly need to have trust. And these are things that in the midst of this noise and confusion and the chaos, at times it can be difficult. And it can be hard to hear you or even difficult to seek what we need. So, Father, we just begin by just saying, forgive us for those moments when we stumble and our transgressions of getting so wrapped up in the silliness of this world, forgetting that this world is nothing compared to you and that we are not of this world and yet so often we we stumble on that we step into that place consumed with the noise and the confusion and the anxiety of wanting to see justice and the new threats of whatever else is coming and we simply forget the simple issue that we are not of this world that we have accepted Christ and through Christ we are now no longer part of this so if there's anything, Lord, that we pray for tonight, it's that, it's that strength in people to realize that and to not forget it in the time of anxiety and not forget it in the time when we bump into the next and greatest threat, whatever that's going to be. That we simply take time to step back and just shake our head at some of the silliness because this is desperation on so many levels and sadly too many people are so weak in their faith that they're going to be easily consumed. And as we always pray, we hope for those opportunities to be able to share our love and relationship with Jesus, to keep people off of that track. But we also know that there's going to be a necessary process here that people are going to have to stumble and fall. So give us strength, Lord. Give us strength to remind ourselves and keep us true on this rock of faith. We don't have our houses built on sand. They are built on the rock of faith you gave us. And that is an enduring and never-ending 
process. And as we put ourselves there and as we put ourselves into your trust fully, accepting you, not the laws of men, let us discover who we truly are and let us show that truth to the world. Guide us, protect us, and we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. As I said in the beginning, the piece I played, it's more like a talking rhyme. It's a great statement at the end. Let me show you who I am. Because who I truly am is not of what this world has made me. And if you can keep that in your heart as you go, it's a profound shift in the way you see the world. It isn't about obeying. It's about skirting around the rules and defying the rules where you can because you're not of this world. I'm not of this world. We are walking in a space of royalty. God, we, are, we have God's blood within us. We are a product of him. And if we want to be that, then we need to act like that and put our allegiance to him and quit bowing down to these lesser two-bit things that constantly are put there to have us given our free will to submit to something lesser and to demean us. It's all part of a process, and it's well-engineered. We have to start rising up and above all of this and realizing that as Christ walked this earth, he did not comply. He didn't waller in the pettiness of the day. He didn't deal with people's personal dramas. He had a mission, as we do. And he stayed true to that, as we must. And in that place, always aligned with Father, as we also must do. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Our prayers are so important, and it's also equally important to pray in silent just to hear God's voice. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will always win. But we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Patriots, one last thing before I go tonight. It's a really moving piece I received today. One of our BDADs is taking a sail 10 days out into the Atlantic, going to Plymouth. And it was pretty cool because I played a song last night that I had, I didn't even, I didn't understand how important it was to them until they had they emailed me today. And so this song, which I'm going to play right after the closing, just in honor of our beat ed, is um, Spanish ladies, fare ye well. So just pray for a safe trip on the ocean. One of ours is out sailing on the winds with God. It's a beautiful place to be. Have a blessed night. God bless. Thank you. Good night, and out for now. All this time.
Patriots, so this is for Janet in her sailing. Farewell and adieu to your Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu to your ladies of Spain. For we've received orders to sail for old England But we hope in a short time to see you again We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors We'll rant and we'll roar like true hides of oak Until we strike soundings in the channel of old England Shanta City is 35 leagues Oh, we'll hold the ship too With the wind at the southwest We'll hold the ship too And soundings got we At 35 fathom With the wire sandy bottom we squared our main yards and up channel steered we We'll rant and we'll roar like true British sailors We'll rant and we'll roar like true hearts of oak Until we strike soundings in the channel of Old England From Ushant to City is 35 leagues First we made it was called the dead man the ramhead Plymouth 
past our Portland and white We sail past Beachy by Valley and Dungness Until we arrived off the South Fallen Line We'll rant and we'll roar Like true British sailors We'll rant and we'll roar Like true hearts of oak Until we strike soundings in the channel of old England From Ocean to Scilly is 35 leagues Oh the signal was made for the ground fleet to anchor all in the downs that night for to lay It's stand by a stoppers Let go you shank painter Haul up your glue gun It's let fly tax and sheets We'll rant and we'll roar Like true British sailors We'll rant and we'll roar Like true hearts of oak Until we strike soundings in the channel of Old England From Ushant to Sydney is 35 leagues Let every man toss off a full bumper Let every man toss off a full bowl For a drink can be merry and drown melancholy So here's a good health to all true hearty souls We'll rant and we'll roar Like true British sailors We'll rant and we'll roar Like true hearts of oak Until we strike soundings in the channel of Old England From Ushant to Sydney is 35 leagues Blessings for a safe trip.